Hello, everybody, and welcome to One Last Die. Oh, <laughs> wow. Go, go ahead. I don't know. Uh, actually, actually, I don't really have the whole shtick off my heart. A Mass Effect D20 actual play podcast. Uh, we are doing the postmortem for Wolfpack Season 2. Uh, we did it, guys. We, we finished the game. We, <laughs> we finished did. The it only took us over yeah. six months. Shut up. I've well, read longer. That's, I've read games yeah, for longer. So you are very young, sir. You will learn. <laughs> um. So yeah. Um. Uh, yeah. Mass Effect Wolfpack season two. Um. Do we want to? I guess start by just like introducing everybody and like their characters, just like to kind of in case somebody for some reason is listening to this starts with the postmortem postmortem. like like doesn't doesn't listen to any of the previous episodes because this is gonna be getting posted after the campaign yeah um i don't got time to listen to a campaign fuck this summarize it i have a suggestion first okay uh, at the at the end after we go through all of our things can you do like an honorable mention for the rest of the party and let them know who and what they were uh, sure. You mean like for the other people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can do that. Yeah. Are we planning Sweet. on doing a second recording for them or no? I I might do another recording for Aaron. Uh, Seb is dead to me. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason he ended up. <laughs> There's a reason he ended up at an Andromeda black site <laughs> at the end of the campaign. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I guess yeah. Um. I don't know how to start these things, apparently. We usually do this in order when we're talking about each other's characters, or our own characters, rather. Mm-hmm. This is Adam, and I was playing the role of Crick, the Vorcha dad that uh, <laughs> His class everybody dead. loved. I'm sure they did. And uh, I was. I did. Oh, thank you, sir. I mean, that means so much to me. And, you know, I was a longtime listener, and I got to join uh, join you guys. It was a, honestly a dream come true. I kind of jumped into the campaign understanding what had happened in the past, regardless of the fact that I could actually, you know, reference it or anything like that. But it was, yeah, I just want to thank you all for inviting me to your table. I had a lot of fun and, uh, yeah, I mean, this is something I'm proud of. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome, man. Oh yeah. Uh, you were, you were uh, literally long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> yeah. I wish, and that- I wish you're, only fan, but not that way. I was your only fan because I was listening to it like like before you actually recorded it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you were listening me. to it vicariously through me as I'd like retell you it on Saturday mornings after the games. <laughs> it was it was it was so it was so fun. It was everything I wanted it to be. And I I I loved how my characters are kind of tied up and yeah, it was uh, it was fun to get to play with the characters that I'd heard so much about and witness their Horrific uh, deeds in season one. <laughs> They're not all They're horrific, horrific some of them. atrocities. Yeah, <clears throat> much right. like uh, much like Chris, um, Adam is a bit of a um, like tabletop RPG veteran, and he's being modest right now because he's not really doing a plug for RPR. But you should just just give us a little plug. Like, uh, tell us about RPX, your podcast. Actually. It, it's actually RPX. <laughs> it's RPX. Oh, why am I saying RPR? Yeah, well, I, it, I mean. No, you were, you were one RPG P away are. from being like basically like from from naming off the uh, the podcast that inspired both me and Adam to do podcasting. So, <laughs> awesome. 
I, I can't you know pass up a good segue for that. But yeah, so uh, Chris and I have uh, we became friends meeting at Gen Con. Uh, we both ran podcasts. Uh, I, I started jumping onto the sister podcast, Audente Rigamortis, and uh, Chris started running games for my podcast, uh, RPX or the Real Point Exchange. And uh, yeah, we just kind of bounced between one another's podcasts, and it's. I don't know. It, it was, I'd known Chris for a long time or several years, but like getting an opportunity to actually get to meet all you all was also a blast. So uh, I, I look forward to Shanghaiing you over to uh, my side of the podcast world one of these days. Oh, that would be cool. Cross the border uh, to the for American sure. Podcast Association. <laughs> well, we'd be considered exotic to them, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the person that's talking right now, Chris, why don't you go ahead and uh, uh, regale us of uh, of your character? Hi, everybody. My name's uh, Chris, and uh, I played Erdnot Durga, who was the Krogan Battlemaster slash uh, punching bag slash daredevil slash uh, smushy smushy guys, cleaving guys, cutting guys apart, splatting body parts. Uh, and I'm a bit of the and I'm a bit of the wild card. Sometimes you just don't know what I'm going to do. Although you know it's going to be fairly violent. So you're basically this team's barbarian. <laughs> In a way, yeah. I mean, like I had to I had to be fun, but I had to like kind of counterbalance what um, what Runt was doing because he was kind of like you know he was similar, like obviously Krogan, so good frontline fighter, but he was more like friendship and laughter and. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and, and the lighthearted where I needed to be a little bit more edgy, but, you know, not, not super serious. Like I like to play, I like to play the jackass, okay, somebody that you'd laugh at, but somebody that, yeah, <laughs> somebody that, you know, somebody that makes you go like, oh, holy shit. What the hell does he just do that for? So the Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I've done that on purpose lots of times where I'm just like, yeah, yeah, you have. But uh, I think I, I'm not sure how long Josh has known you. I'm just assuming that I've known you the least amount of time because I'm one of Aaron's strays that he found from work. So, but this was year. This was a few years back now. <laughs> I, I love that one of Aaron's strays. <laughs> that's what you. That's what you said yeah. one day. Like you know, he just keeps bringing in strays, but we love them. You know, he finds good people. There's nothing wrong with being um, um, a nomad, a wanderer, or a vagabond, you know? Mm-hmm. Call me what you will. All right. And next up, we have Dave. That's me. I foolishly played two characters because that's what I did. <laughs> oh, your Volus was the fucking best. I was primarily playing um, the, the Volus protector uh, named uh, Merrick the Tangerine Ball Wall Mamu, who <sighs> made weapons and. Uh, Tanked bullets when necessary. Boy, did you by the end. Yeah, at least that one time I really did. Yep. I think a couple Between of times. Between a Rokar and a hard place. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other character is my character from season one, which is Olka Ibintaj. And um, she is a, or was a, Batarian infiltrator and Ket enthusiast and seemed to keep adopting Ket all the time. <laughs> That was her Much thing. Much like Aaron uh, adopting strays. Yeah. So too did, did Olka adopt Ket. Yeah, speaking of strays, yeah. 
All right. Uh, and next up is Josh. Josh, Unlike... actually, before we before we, before you continue, I just want what were your first words when you first heard Adam pop onto the <laughs> to the audio feed? Oh God, that accent. <laughs> <laughs> okay, just want that you on the record. Culture shock the shit out of that boy, Adam. <laughs> He ain't never heard that before. Is that the King's English? Yeah, that's right. It has to be the King's English now, isn't it? It's going to be so hard to get used to. Oh my god, you're right. Can we just still call it, like, officially, can we still call it it the Queen's English? She's still on the money. Because after after he goes, it's still going to be another king. Yeah. She's, She's still on the money. For now. <laughs> For now. Anyway, Josh. <laughs> All right. Unlike Dave, I did not foolishly play two characters. <laughs> you did, though. Shit. It wasn't foolishly, though. I mean, Kinda the choice to play and flip flop between two characters was foolish. Did we have a lot of fun with that? Either way, please continue. All right. I played Hilovel Vas Wolpak Narcolepsy in Leodon Vas Wolpak Narnia. Actually, it's struggling to remember what the fuck their names were. Cause fuck. I am surprised you got there. <laughs> like, thinking you probably, like, did you memorize those <laughs> by the end? Yes. I did not have a character sheet in front of me, so yes, those are memorized. Nice. I mean, puns, man. You gotta remember puns. Mm hmm. And uh, the Quarian Pathfinder, and then the Quari- the first Quarian Biotic that we've ever seen. Yeah. Yep. All right, and then finally, or well, for for right now, finally, Mark, you're up. Hello. Hello. Did I lose you guys? No, I, I think maybe. Yeah. Oh, okay. So sorry. My name's Mark, and. Uh, I played the uh, the N seven former Cerberus operative named Tommy Johnson, uh, who was modeled after Tommy Wiseau. So yeah! he was super super stealthy, but also just outrageously like the most ridiculous character I could come up with. Yep, and a little bit of a sociopath. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He also was a bit of a murder hobo, but that's that was just part of the charm. No, he did not. He did not hit her. He did not. He did not. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Um. Okay. And players not uh not appearing in this in this postmortem at the moment. Uh, we had Seb who played uh uh Corliss Runt. Runt. Yeah, Corliss Runt, who was a uh, kind of a, a tank-born Krogan with a baby face and eight feet to nine feet tall. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, that he has a baby face, right? Yes, we did confirm that. Okay, cool. Um, and uh, you know, kind of just got really sleepy for a lot of periods of this entire campaign. <laughs> he was so happy he just couldn't stay awake. Yep. So yeah, he just kind of uh and but you know what? He also gave me a couple of pieces of uh 
gaming uh like like gaming fodder for uh, to torment you guys with so i was happy with that <laughs> thanks seb yeah you guys have that, that have, is... have, 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 you honestly have seb to thank for uh for the uh the, the red angry crystal monster that eats planets now mm-hmm. i thought we had to thank me for that you're you're part of you you were the you were the father of it technically <laughs> oh great yep um because you brought it over but uh and uh then we had aaron uh who played theodore ronan hunter the human oversight manager of all of these new pathfinders and <laughs> the crew of the the wolf pack um we may or may not get a an additional bit of audio that I'll add on to this where I talk to Aaron about his thoughts on the, the campaign. Uh, and then of course I am the other Chris, the GM Chris, and I played everybody else in the galaxy. Um, so uh, yeah, this is a postmortem. So uh, I suppose we should probably just kind of get around, the, go around the table and. Uh, Dissect the body. Yeah, like uh how's uh let's start with like let's start with the uh the positive then we'll do the bad. <laughs> so, uh what did uh everybody can like if you guys can like think of something that like you really enjoyed about the um about the episode or about the about the campaign. Or or should I do a, or should I do the premise of the campaign first, Adam? Premise. I think the premise is like that sounds like the the you know kind of briefly mentioned like what what had happened in season one and kind of how you came about season two. That's kind of seems like a good starting point. Okay. So yeah, with Wolfpack one, it was sort of a, a search for the MacGuffin, uh, i.e. the, the Athati and the, like the virtual race and stuff. And I loosely based that off of like that, that whole premise was loosely based off of transformers. <laughs> if I'm being <laughs> honest. Yeah, uh, like the Athati were basically like they could inhabit the Remtech and like reshape it to their their needs. So it kind of reminded me of like Transformers, and so I kind of modeled that like their kind of like whole premise off of that. Um, I did include in Wolfpack Season One hints of a large spacefaring or some some kind of spacefaring threat that could that was that had eaten the Scourge. Um, or and may even been responsible for the scourge because in in the lore of Mass Effect Andromeda there is uh, mention of uh, of an adversary that the Jardan, the ancient species of the Helios cluster, um, dealt with, and and where the scourge energy kind of comes from. Um, but it doesn't really go into a whole lot of details as to like how the like how the weapon was dispersed or like how it got there, other than that it was be the adversary was behind it or the um, uh, this this other faction was behind it. This group, this this name was behind it. Yeah. Um, so I took that and decided to base season two off of another Saturday morning kind of cartoon that eventually got a CGI uh, thing, uh, Shadow Run or no, Sh- uh, Shadow Raiders or War Planets with the um, uh, the Beast Planet. <laughs> um, that was a uh, uh, it was a show about a solar system that had to deal with this world eating planet um and they had to um i i try and escape it or stop it somehow uh so that was kind of the original premise for like the garoth creature and then 
I had already kind of been pulling inspiration for like stuff in Wolfpack and the Mass Effect Andromeda from Lovecraft. Like the Yathati are kind of also a blend of like, no. Transformers, but also a blend of the Yithians from from uh, from Lovecraftian mythos. Um, and so I went a, f- a step further and kind of just had that the uh jardan are basically like the elder things and the garoth is actually groth which was a uh creature that eats planets that is in a delta green scenario <laughs> um uh that the migo are trying to summon to earth um and it's from andromeda um because and then um another another threat you guys dealt with in, in season one and it gets more prevalent in season two was the the Zan species, which are the energy insects that inhabit people's minds and nervous systems and controls them and such. Um, those are based off of the insects of Shagai, which is also in the mythos, in the Lovecraftian mythos, is set in the Andromeda galaxy. And their planet was eaten by the Groth. So I, again, just kind of borrowed from Lovecraft and the, and the myth and the extended mythos to create aliens and threats for you guys in wolfpack season two does that um, mean that season two is canonically in the lovecraft universe no but you know, i'm just right. i mean i'm just following in the in the footsteps of of the original mass effect trilogy where like there was a shit ton of inspiration from the lovecraft cthulhu mythos like the thorian oh. the reapers themselves <laughs> when you think about it um 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 hg lovecraft wrote cthulhu um not to create like a separate universe necessarily i mean obviously there is the elder eldritch horrors that came from the other realm but was to kind of poke at the fact that you know at any point in time there is the possibility that like another dimension could tear into ours yeah or like our world could end because of, like we're just a small moat of dust in the in the so, universe so it's not really that we went to the Cthulhu universe, but like a form of it from its dimension came here. Sure. <laughs> I just that's took what I'm going. <laughs> so. That sounds right. So I'm going with it. Okay. Clear as mud. Um, yeah. I also knew that I wanted to expand like beyond Helios because much like PB in, in Mass Effect Andromeda, um, to me, Helios had been done. <laughs> <laughs> So I wanted to see more of the Andromeda galaxy. So I, I came up with my own uh, n- neighboring cluster for you guys to explore, which was the Praxlon at Rift. Blackjack um, and Hunters. Yeah. Um, and it's also where we got like to meet like the Zyklot species that was being dominated by the Zan. Um, you also got to meet the Ledivara, <laughs> which was kind of a, a nice little like connective tissue to like potentially to... Uh, the greater Mass Effect universe. <laughs> um, and uh, also, you guys got to like check out, like, again, like alien planets and, and actually be Pathfinders and Pathfind. So, we did find paths. Yeah. Because I path. feel like in, in Wolfpack One, you guys were Pathfinders, but you guys were just ca- the whole campaign centered around you guys chasing a, MacGuff- a MacGuffin and not actually Pathfinding planets. So, yeah. Uh, this way, like it, we we had the introductory season, and then the next season we actually got to check out some new stuff. So, um, 
I think this, like my framework for this campaign was a little bit large, like was probably like double the size of my framework for the original uh, season, which could explain why it's almost doubled the length of <laughs> season one. It does track. Back better. Yeah. Uh, we also got to like play around with more with like time, like how long we actually got like figured out, like how long it would take you guys to travel to locations and stuff in this one. Which we kind of were a little bit more willy nilly in season one. So. I think also um, we improved upon the combat system because before we were even like really getting into the game, Dave and I had spent some time like extensively reviewing the combat rules. Yeah, I think I, he re- I think he remembers most of them more than I do, obviously. But Adam, how much? How well do you think we did from season one as a listener of season one's like four hour combat crazy. session? <laughs> Yeah, I was say that first combat system when you all were fighting the Raiders was, um, I mean, it was entertaining. Don't get me wrong. It was like I was kind of, I didn't even know I was going to be ever, ever be in one of these games, but it was just kind of hearing you guys break it down and all that. Like, I, it took forever, but it wasn't <laughs> like, I, I I took, no shit, uh, Chris. I went out and uh, started taking vents off the top of my house and resealing them with silicon so it wouldn't leak. And I was done with the job of doing that <laughs> and like we weren't done with combat yeah, yeah you, that one runt was still being chased by that but or was still chasing that raider runt with the, the souped up stats of i have everything <laughs> oh yeah he was a level 20 yeah. character <laughs> yeah uh we were learning we were learning uh, that was rough well i feel like we definitely did learn between season one and season two. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Oh, big time. I mean, like, uh, the, um, and I mean, it's not easy because it's not really like, they're not making money off of this. It was fan generated and it was generated by a few different people. And I'm guessing maybe they had a bit of a language barrier because whenever you read they, some of the stuff, it just doesn't make sense. From what I understand, like, from what I remember is more like it. Uh, I believe the original, like, the creator is German. Yeah. And, his original like play group, the, the the group that he built the campaign or like the, the rule set and stuff for and like with, they were more into like war gaming. Like they wanted to like run Mass Effect Wars. Oh. Mm-hmm. So a lot of like a, a, we don't really touch a whole uh, lot on that kind of stuff in the game because like that's not what I want to play or want so to run. Play 40, yeah, play 40k if you want to do that. Like that's not Mass Effect. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like kind of like the Reaper War. Like they wanted to like do some stuff about the, with, with the Reaper War, I think. Yeah, I guess. but like, yeah, we. I was looking for I, like I, I and I've said this before. I think on the the last postmortem and stuff we've done on this, I found out about this setting or the system through the uh, Leviathan Files um, podcast, which they they took this camp this rule set and just kind of played willy nilly with it so that they could run their Mass Effect campaign. And in that spirit, I did the same thing. Mm. Like we just kind of picked what we picked the rules we needed to run this game. So that and your um, um, your wheelhouse is more narrative play games, not these like like I think I think that was the most at least me with me with you guys uh, the most grindy specific uh, rule oriented game for yeah. like combat. Where whenever we did dialogue and uh role playing it was just much more seamless like the rules were a lot more straightforward and more streamlined or combat and like activities were fucking so convoluted so thick 
Yeah. Yeah. In a way, it's yeah, kind of camp- more complicated yeah. than even Shadowrun. Yeah, in in some ways, yeah. it's very like like I think we I could have like run a smoother game if I if I just converted Shadowrun to Mass Effect or uh, converted I Mass Effect to Shadowrun. I don't get a headache whenever I read the Shadowrun book, uh, <laughs> like I do whenever I read the Mass Effect book, and I think yeah. it's because of grammar, but also like there's a lot of repeating of rules and there's a few contradictory rules, like with how. Yeah. Um, uh, grenades work and unclear uh, some of the rules are unclear about how uh, other specialized weapons and equipment really work uh, but as far as like straightforward combat with simple tools and weapons like it's it's not bad it's not bad at all yeah i i enjoyed it it was just like you know now i really understand what you're saying when there's so many of us and it's like it's such a heavy rule oriented game mm-hmm. and yeah. we're not it's not like we know it off the back of our hands like it's like it, we're, we're church boys that have been going to church every sunday since we were like five and we know certain past blah 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 we didn't uh we didn't we didn't know that but i mean like i think we i think we did really well for you know how we cram studied that and figured it out yeah I, I think i think we did the best that we could with the material we had for like to run this game mm-hmm. lots um, of headaches though I, I will say a lesson I've learned. Uh, I am not going to be running a large, like, group of players for a while after this. Oh, like, I've, <laughs> like, I've, I've, I've literally walked out of, like, not walked out, but like, I've, I've walked through the fire of two campaigns that lasted longer than twenty sessions, with seven to eight people players per. Yeah, I think you have to be after being so. You had four characters being played between two people. Yes, yeah. that is also true. Yeah. So that. So really, it was like seven to nine players. Made it a, no, but that's the thing. It probably made it a lot more, a lot worse than what you're probably thinking. Yeah. Not really, because no. when we were using our like dual character situation, on the ground, we only had one character, except for that one time where Josh had two, but... <laughs> Josh is a special little snowflake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it didn't really add to the complexity of all the mechanics and everything. It just put more NPCs on the ship, basically. Yeah. Or more and also, like, I just kind of... They're actually PCs, not NPCs, but yeah. Yeah. And, and honestly, I was just, like, I've, I've been, I've gotten burned out from, like, having this many, like, having to, like, herd this many cats. Yeah. So... I, I don't think I'll be running with this like a, like this larger group for a while. <laughs> so I think like you should be given some sort of like special RPG community award for like juggling the most amount of people in an RPG. Like it's it was pretty impressive. I, I appreciate uh, you must, that. <laughs> you must either have a very good memory or at least somewhat extensive notes to have kept track of us like that. Because holy fuck, um, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, and less than you expect. <laughs> <laughs> Eh. Like I, I pulled I it know. off, or at least I, I faked it till I made it, yeah. <laughs> or I faked it till it ended. <laughs> I, th- I don't know. I think you're just being modest. I think maybe. You're just being modest. I don't know. So, uh, yeah, I guess. Now, so now that we, yeah, we got some. Uh, any, any other? Anybody else have like some uh, some lessons they learned since we're kind of we're just doing like we're currently going into like kind of the the criticalness of it first. <laughs> Dave, Mister Critical, what you got for us? Yeah. Oh, I have to start now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, be constructively critical about this. <laughs> um. Well, 
I, I learned that it, I need to stick to my guns about multiple things. Like when we first started, I was like, okay, I'm going to only have my character actually show up on the ground mission when we are down people and we need more people for the away mission. And then like halfway through, I forgot about that. And I was just there all the time, regardless. <laughs> we all forgot about that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. That's the reason that it took like maybe six or seven entire episodes before I actually gained any XP because we had everyone there and I was fine with just being uh, basically playing as the NPCs, not actually being down there doing roles on combat and stuff. And that was fine. But yeah. me going down there all the time made the party bigger, which was part of the problem. That being said, later on in the in the season, we were missing people here and there all the time anyways. So I don't think we ever That's had another thing, an I entire think, yeah. roster of people down there for combat. Yeah. And not just to kind of go back to like, again, my burn, my, my, my long group burnout thing is like, I think a part of that is also like the fact that we had kind of some, some players that were a little unreliable mm. and like, that's fine. Life happens. I'm not, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think honestly, part of that is like, may have been like why I'm, I can't think I'm done with like long groups. Like I, I want a small group that is consistent <laughs> for the next thing I run. So but sorry going back to your 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 back to your spotlight (laughs) that's honestly the the biggest thing i i should have remembered that and when we first went into this i was just gonna be um i was just gonna be merrick i wasn't gonna have olka be here yeah i'm like i don't know I, i feel like i should bring her especially since Adam's like, oh, I'm really excited to play with all these new characters. And then two of us decide to not bring the old characters. <laughs> it's like, oh, no, we got to bring them now. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, it was interesting doing that, trying the mechanics out of, oh, I ha- I have multiple characters I can be. And one of them is basically just oh, um, a voice, like not actually there for combat for the most part. So I was like, yeah, partially GMing in a way. At least with talking as characters, yeah, it was a different yeah, experience it, for sure. You had a pretty big hand in uh, making sure that combat went smoothly. Um, some like either you or I would pick out something, but you would be like on the ball, fast to like figure out where that was. And I think I think that needs a bit of a commendable mention as well because that that isn't easy. Yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> to do in the middle of a game. Yeah. Well, it helped that I started making uh, like battle maps to try to keep track of everything. Yeah, that was also very helpful. Yeah, as much as like I'm not really a map man, which is weird because I com- get commissions to make maps. It's quite weird. But as, as much as I'm not a map GM, like I, I did find them sometimes helpful. Yeah, they're handy when they weren't infuriating. When were they? Because <laughs> I didn't. Understand. I, I just like it's just like when I was like, no, I I envision this way. It's like, but you've put it, you've placed it this way. I guess it's not that way. I thought. Well, I guess I'll just go home. Well, as a GM. No. no, that's the thing. <laughs> Me putting out up a map and saying this person's here—that's not cast yeah. in stone. That's a generalization. Yeah. Your word is law. I'm, I'm saying it's fine. <laughs> it, it, it it was I I did like them despite like my initial like trepidations about them. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
any any other lessons we learned while doing this game? Uh, Mark, what do you got for us here? What about uh, huh? How about we use stealth there? How would we learn? But people trying to teach me the power of friendship, and I was real. My character was just like, I really don't want to do that. Yeah. We tried so hard to not make you a psychopath. We're fighting a losing battle. Chris, there, a... I wouldn't say he was a psychopath. I would just say that he was a bit of a sociopath, you know? He had yeah. emotions. He was just like, he just didn't give a fuck about ours. True. <laughs> but that's fine. You have to have a great, you have to have a diverse group of characters. Otherwise, there's nothing to really, there's, there's nothing to really distinct one character from another, right? Fair. I yeah. think. I think the biggest takeaway I could take from the way that I'm just kind of made it, just trying to think of something on the spot, but um, I think the biggest takeaway I could think of is, is the one thing that Chris does really well is he gives everybody kind of an opportunity to like, like either really role play their character or second gives them almost exactly what you kind of want out of your character. Okay. I, I, I try. I'm glad that that's comes through. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it, it came through with me specifically like and there's like okay mark it's like you're you can do this it's like well i'm just gonna go back to the ship and hang out type hey, thing and okay. i categorically i categorically agree with that because i got to bring my character from another galaxy so what yeah. does that tell you from, from an old campaign that uh probably unless i unless we go back and like re like kind of like recombobulate the milky way campaign we'll probably never see the light of day yeah <laughs> going to we're just gonna uh you know we're, uh, that? we're just gonna we're just gonna add him in there you know he's the dlc you know the milky way character <laughs> yeah yeah you, you kind of were the dlc character for this one because like you you were able to yeah. come back to us in game and i was zaid yeah <laughs> zaid masani you know oh, I, feel like you were, I feel like you were less zaid masani and more like kasumi like just the shit disturber yeah, 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 yeah. No, you were absolutely. like a Krogan Kasumi. <laughs> Kasumi was a fun character. I liked her. Yeah, you know, I, the cool so she just, she just, image of a Krogan in a cat suit. Her, prof- <laughs> her profession wasn't necessarily my my niche, though. I'm not much of a thief. If I want something, I'm just gonna take it. Fair. What was, I don't what was need that, to sneak around. It's the cool thing that happened in this is that you had a Dave. And that was such, like, I mean, I've, dude, I've ran games my entire, like, you know, when I ran uh, Delta Green for, for One Last Sigh, you knew the rules pretty well. I knew the rules, and you kind of helped co-GM. And that was something that I really appreciated, just watching it on the table here, just having someone that you could actually defer to like uh, Dave what about this and he'll look it up or something like that and then like the game continues and that made it very like seamless and like I know I I relied on Dave heavily because every time I looked at a character the character sheet it was like I was looking at it for the first fucking time I was like well, all right there's a lot of shit here how do we do this yeah. and I like and you know it was a complicated system and there being two of you guys doing it and just the Koji, I wish I had Kojiems for the near games that I run that not a lot of people are familiar with. And it just, like, I can imagine that takes a lot of uh, pressure off of you unless you focus on the game at the same time. 
like, you know, contributing to everybody's overall learning experience of, of how to play the system. So that was like the dynamic that you two had was very uh, beneficial. And yeah, it was, you know, it was great. I I like that. that that's about my favorite thing of just like sitting down with this system for the first time. And, you know, I've listened to it and I roughly know D20 in general, though it's not my particular flavor. Um, but yeah, just the resource that having a second GM was like, it was amazing to watch. Oh, yeah, I helped. At times, I'm like, I don't know if I'm actually helping too much, but I'll help anyways. <laughs> Dave, I actually, I am going to take a uh, take a page from Chris's book today. No and, way. And give you a like the greatest of awards <laughs> for like co GM like or like like GM awards because like honestly, man, like. I don't know if we'd be able to do half of some of the games that we've done in the past without the Dave editions. <laughs> I've only done Dave totally. editions a couple of times. But they've you been so it? handy okay, when you okay. have done them. <laughs> like, you did it for the Mass Effect game. You did it for Shadowrun. Like, you've done it for these, like, very complex, like, spreadsheet-style uh, systems. Yeah, I'm kind of getting tired of spreadsheet systems because oh, no. it's too complicated. <laughs> well, like I'm happy to help and try yeah. to make sense of it. I don't hate doing character shoots and redesigning them, but those kind of games just make it so difficult on everyone. Like you can only yeah. simplify it so much. Well, I mean, Eclipse Phase probably won't be that bad, and I mean, like Red Markets is pretty simple, mm-hmm. which is funny because Red Markets is basically a game about spreadsheets because it's economic horror. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I digress. Uh, yeah, you deserve all the love <laughs> because uh, you were invaluable at times in this game. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, all right. Um, so I guess the next thing here is, yeah, who's got some fun moments that they recall from the campaign that they'd like to shout out or like kind of bring hey, forward? <laughs> Hey, halo I jump! Like, I got to um, jump off of a ship. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, you died. halo jump. <laughs> yeah, and and we actually had to like figure out with it because the the game had this had the system for like environmental hazards. It's like, well, how hard, how how bad will he will he suffer from jumping from halo like from from uh, from orbit or from a low orbit? Apparently not that much. Mm-hmm. Especially and and like technically all the lightning damage that we inflicted on you was null and void because it is impossible to actually get harmed by lightning while you're in midair. Oh yeah. I, I was struck, but it was more like I, that is so cool. Ladies and gentlemen, that's if you're keeping up at home, that's the first time the Canadians ignored my uh, logic. <laughs> and it wouldn't be the last. <laughs> well, certainly not the last. Listen, you're Unless American, you're polite, we just assume you're wrong wow wow at least, hey 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 at least we're polite about it <laughs> you were politely denying reality yes <laughs> yeah i would also like to, to i would also okay one highlight i want to bring up right now um adam's, adam's attempt to befriend josh's character <laughs> and denied every at every avenue <laughs> Just epic advances with epic shutdowns. Uh, like the friendship became a rivalry by the end. I think, <laughs> really. 
Yeah, that was that was the stuff that happened off mic in the beginning, even before Josh ever heard my sweet yeah. dulcet tones. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it was like I was like, I'm gonna befriend him. I'm gonna be his best friend. I'm gonna be obnoxious about it too. And then just right out the fucking gate, Curse rose up a planet and like, oh, this is uh, whatever the bullshit that the Quarians need kind of planet. It, but it belongs to the Vorcha and all that. So it just like dead dumb luck at the very beginning. Uh, just kind of put us at odds, and I mean, it's. We're, we're, I mean, there was more think... than dumb luck there. There was some things that these guys know that are happening behind the scenes with me that I brought into the game. I'm sorry for that. <laughs> no, it's fine. I, I, it I did was... not. It, I never got mad at Josh. I mean, I I did think about breaking Helo's neck, but I never got <laughs> mad at Josh. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta give it to Josh for not breaking all, his character. He just. He didn't. He didn't break. He didn't compromise. He was like, "No, I am role playing this to the end. My character is determined." Never. Yeah. It was good. No. And it well, touch me there. It, it was like really beautifully, just like like I said, the luck of it, and me not knowing Josh and Josh's personality, and not Josh not knowing <laughs> mine. Like, there's a certain point that this nice turns into vindictiveness, and um. <laughs> We Thornsburgs hold grudges, sir. <laughs> what but, he's trying uh, to say is, you're not allowed in Kentucky anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Watch your ass. Oh, no. You're your ass kicked by a 42-year-old man, Josh. Just ask him. Uh, no, no reason. But, um, like, just, like, we just kind of just kept fighting with each other uh, amongst of it. And, like, it did be eventually seem like it, I love Josh's opinion. Of it. He may just totally shoot down everything I said, but the, you know, we begrudgingly worked together and saw the value in one another. And I think the one time that I actually got the, one of my favorite time I ever got the best of Josh, cause I want to think that I did a lot of like, you know, dancing, stick and move little Mac kind of stuff like that was when I stole Han, I, Hannah Montana. I, my joke trumped <laughs> his joke. <laughs> Hannah Montana uh, and a helicopter parent. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And it wasn't God. even you stole it. You were just louder than me. Yeah, yeah. I Wang did try to, like, boost up your volume, Josh. Thank you. And yeah. then the next episode, you literally made this joke, so it got out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, Hanar Montana was just so fucking good. Like, I drew art <laughs> of it. I was good. The fucker said it, as I said, helicopter parent. Yeah. yeah. You, you just weren't fast enough on the quip. <laughs> it wasn't even that. It was, he was louder. In true yeah. American fashion. That's one way of looking at it. <laughs> um, I guess that's another thing that I really liked was being able to explore Eclipse Phase ideas in Mass Effect because, I mean, the writing's on the wall in Mass Effect for a lot of Eclipse phase kind of like concepts of like transhumanity and stuff, especially depending on the ending you choose in the, tr- in the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just liked the idea that like, because we'd had a me and Adam had, and had had a conversation over on RPX, I think, when we were discussing Mass Effect game and like making it for fodder for for a gameable material. Um, and we talked about like transhumanity in in Mass Effect and stuff, and the 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 fact that I got to like give you like a like like you chose a Vorcha, which is a short lived species who's bonded to an Asari, the longest-lived species. <laughs> and you have a child with that Asari, and you're not, and like your character naturally will not get to see her grow up. And the fact yeah. that I got to implement a subplot in our campaign 
where you will get to see her grow up was like the most like again you created a sympathy pet for the gm adam (laughs) (laughs) and everybody seemed to be playing along with that too and that was i was appreciative of you all humoring me with that kind of stuff i'd I tried not to take center stage and all that. And there's a few of the sessions that we um, we did that I you know felt like, well, I'm, I'm getting a bit too much time here, maybe, or maybe I, we should back off of me a bit and all. But I mean, it bounced out pretty well because there's also sessions that I was sitting there like, all right, guys, I'm okay. I'm on the ship now. Everybody's doing the red crystal stuff, and you know, it it bounced out. But yeah, it was it was super fun. The red crystal stuff. <laughs> Uh, that sounds like, yeah. Uh, that, that sounds like a good little This is where I wanted for... to jump oh, in. Okay, yeah, sure, oh, go for it. That yeah. was what I was going to do, too. All right. Because what, I have to say, one of my favorite things that I had to do where everyone was like, uh, uh, who's going to take um, Chris's arm? And then it was like, well, I guess I'm going to do it. Roll medicine. <laughs> it was like, roll medicine. And it's like, my medicine score is like the lowest it could be. Yeah. And it was like the worst roll that you could get. <laughs> cut off the experience. Uh, yeah, it was, was the wrong like, arm. The place that happened, I was waiting for you to go, and he cuts off the wrong arm. Yeah. If you had rolled like a nat one, that would have happened. Yeah. Uh, and then we'd have we'd have uh, Krogan Jacks. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, no, the red crystal, or the red Ezo. So. I guess for anybody who wasn't aware, like, so yeah, the red Ezo is basically the mass, like my mass effect, my mass effectified version of red lyrium from the dragon age universe, because in that Milky way campaign that Durga came at, uh, Durga DLC out of, (laughs) uh, in his backstory, he, he was on a mission through a mysterious uh, relay that went to a planet, uh, a planet called Thetis. <laughs> uh, it's somewhere around the around the Milky Way galaxy, um, and uh, yeah, I kind of just like again. There's there's some kind of like behind the scenes. There is some kind of like Easter eggs and hints that the Dragon Age universe is in the same universe as the Mass Effect universe. Kind of like how like there's the the theory that in Warhammer. The Warhammer, fa- the original Warhammer fantasy uh, planet, like the world, is te- could very well be in the Warhammer 40k universe, just as a planet out there that has gone feudal, like the rest of the galaxy went when the the galaxy went Dark Age. So, um, I played on that in in a couple of sessions and through massive uh, through Dragon Age stuff at Durga back in the in the Milky Way. Uh, including red Ezo abominations that uh, from uh, on a on a freighter ship that was smuggling red Ezo from Thetis back into the galaxy uh, for for reasons unknown. And when we brought Durga, uh, when when Chris when Chris was able to like game with us again and brought Durga, uh, decided he wanted to play Durga again. Like we made it work. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he could have, uh, it, 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 there was, there was definitely a time gap there where like Durga could have like been, uh, like gone on to the, uh, the arcs and, and just like left the Milky way campaign. Uh, and then I was like, I was writing some stuff down for it. I was like, wait, Durga fought red Ezo monsters. 
I have an yeah, in they, now yeah. to bring Red sh- Ezo to the Andromeda Galaxy. Oh, shitty. Uh, so, yeah, I just had it that, like, yeah, the Red Ezo particles were, like, in your biotic amps and slowly growing. And, like, they didn't grow and consume you in the, in the what, like, 600 years between dark in dark space because you were in cryogenic uh, stasis. Mm-hmm. So, and we already know that, like, Red Ezo does have a uh, a dormancy uh, a dormancy trait when introduced to like cold weather so um i was also play testing my own like homebrewed rules for red ezo throughout this campaign so thank you guys for helping me play test the the stats for red ezo uh it came in handy when i threw it at adam again <laughs> and and a bunch of uh, a bunch of people from rpx at gen con this year <laughs> or last year so uh last year when this gets posted anyways um but yeah um yeah i i really i i'm glad that i was able to insert uh, bring bring the red Ezo back and i was thrilled with how scared you guys were of it <laughs> oh that fucking entire bit in the ship with it oh my god it's a yeah bad time. it it, it, it it went very like the thing and alien <laughs> real fast. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I was really kind of uh, uh, like set back a little bit whenever you're like, whenever I started realizing what it was that you started bringing. I'm like, oh, oh no, oh no, 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 no. This is like the one thing that like terrifies a Krogan. So I think yeah. it's appropriate that everybody shit their pants. And that's a TPK. Yeah, it, it could very well have been a TPK. It really could have. Because, like, what do you do with something that you can't touch? If you touch it, you're screwed. There's no role for it. You just can't. Touch yeah, and you can't. And yeah. you can't and, use biotics because it makes it bigger and stronger. Yeah. Yeah. And now I have. Either. And you can't. Shoot I have because you're inside it? a freaking uh, uh, drop ship in space. So if you blast a hole in the wall, you're fucked that way too. <laughs> yeah. I liked the ways you guys dealt with it, though. Like again, when when Seb took his ha- when when Runt took his hammer to it, and it like unleashed all the ener- the feedback energy that was inside of it, and like shorted you guys out. Suddenly, it left me with an entire session where you guys were just dead in the water. Yeah. Um, and it also gave me a chance to uh, to fuck around with with uh, Runt's uh, hammer because now it's infected because it's got particulates inside of it or like embedded in it. Mm-hmm. Uh. And then those started growing slowly as, and then it gave me the whole thing of like runt getting infected a little bit and like getting in touch. And, and like, it gave me an in to bring in like some more, some of the more dragon agey things, but like to a mass effect through a mass effect lens, i.e. the intelligence behind the red Ezo or a spirit of friendship. <laughs> I was able to actually bring in the spirit of friendship. Like, where did you get that idea? Where did that come from? For what what idea? What inspired you uh, or Seb for the the whole like uh, spirit of friendship? Thing? So, well, that was just so like Seb had has had this thing going on like through multiple campaigns of learning the power of friendship. Okay. Um, and then it just beca- he became like by by Wolfpack two run he was just playing runt of like yeah the power of friendship we're gonna do it guys and then I was just like well I mean. In Dragon Age, there are uh, spirits for every like emotion or every kind of like concept and stuff. Like there's spirits of vengeance, spirits of uh, of anger, and 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 spirits of 
of uh, of lust and all that kind of stuff. It's like, why wouldn't there be a spirit of friendship? It's true. You know, why so, can't we have some positive ones? You know? Yeah, and I mean, once you guys like jettisoned it, the, jettisoned the red Ezo that had been building up in Runt's room into a star, for which I then had the Garoth beast show up, start feasting off the star, collect the red Ezo in the process then get infected him itself with the red Ezo. I took that idea of like, well, this red Ezo suddenly got a major boost to its like production and like, or its reproductive abilities and mutation. It's now reached like a, a singularity of, or of, of, of consciousness or intelligence. And now we have the spirit of friendship because <laughs> it was like linked in, it was linked in a way to, um, to uh, runt at the time. So, Okay. All right. Um also the whole thing of like the Garoth like siphoning energy from the star, that was all originally in, like intended because like that wasn't just me fucking with you guys like, oh, you jettisoned that thing into the star? Well, this Garoth's just gonna show up and pick up that red crystal before it hits the star. Um <laughs> that was actually intended like the the whole star siphoning thing was actually intended because it was my explanation for something from Mass Effect the original trilogy, where when uh, Shepard uh, meets Tally and the Corians in Hastrum, they are researching the fact that the star is older than it should be. And it was sort of like a mystery in the Mass Effect trilogy of like, it was artif- the, the star was artificially aged. Like it was centuries or millennia older than it should have been. And it was like, they they even reference that like dark energy or like the there's like some kind of like a dark a mass effect field or something inside the star that was affecting it and so what i kind of took that of like maybe the garoth has visited uh the milky way galaxy or maybe there was once a garoth in the milky way and they uh since they eat planets maybe they also siphon energy from stars which age the stars um, because it it collects extra energy, it kicks uh, it, it collects extra like material and energy from the stars as it passes them. Hmm. So you gotta love abandoned plot lines. What? You gotta love abandoned plot lines. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the whole point of like RP- of tabletop RPGs for me is like I can take this abandoned plot line from a video game and incorporate it into my tabletop version of that game. Yeah, because if they're not gonna do it, we will. Exactly. I mean, it's just like if they're not going to run, if they're not going to make an, a, 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 yeah, if they're not going to make a second Mass Effect Andromeda game, fuck it, we'll do it oh. ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Straps on the Infinity Gauntlet, we'll do it ourselves. Yeah, just <laughs> pull off the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Once again, Adam, uh, Adam being like smug and just like I told you guys, don't, don't, don't fight. <laughs> it was about the star, not about the garage. So bite me, I will fight him on that. <laughs> and um, the rivalry continues now. <laughs> Chris, memorial. Yes. What would you say was your favorite moment throughout the campaign in season two? Oh God! Be, oh. Being the GM, uh, yeah. actually, give me give me two perspectives. Give me a perspective as the GM, obviously, and then give me a perspective as if you were maybe a player, if you could put yourself in that position. Um. Well, honestly, being able to. Uh, on, honestly, the 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 shuttle, like the the red Ezo, the 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 red Ezo panic on the shuttle. <laughs> 
was probably my favorite uh scene just because i had not intended for it like what did you expect I... to happen <laughs> tell me what you I, I i will so okay let me let me rephrase that that entire scenario i pulled from my ass also i actually want an answer to that what did you expect to happen <laughs> i honestly don't know what i expected i was just like i legitimately don't know but again this is one of the things i love about tabletop rpgs is that it the the storytelling can be so like organic mm. and it just kind of spontaneous and happens um and i don't and i i can't account for it so i just like make jot notes yeah. <laughs> at this point um I loved the idea, like when like the the creature came out of of uh, of Durga's arm, and you had to like cut the arm off, and then the crystallized arm fell into the Ket corpse pile, and started like infecting the Ket corpses to make an a new abomination, and then you guys just like all right, we're out, we're we're hopping into the vacuum, we're we're getting through the the the, the vacuum seal, out of our shuttle, disconnect. All right, we're good, we're safe. And then you guys, and then you guys start seeing the red crystals flowing, like kind of growing out from between the the, the vacuum seal of that door, as it <laughs> as the as the ter, crest, uh, the crystal skeleton terminator, jujujujujuz out of the the door. Is that a verb now? <laughs> yeah, it is okay. now. Um, and like attempts to attack you guys, and one of you guys had to roll pilot to move out of the way so it didn't actually hit your ship, and then it was just left there kind of drifting and you guys thought you were safe and then no you still need to cut off more of of, of Durga's arm and deal with that little like mini red Ezo crystal uh, that that I think honestly like as much as I wanted to say that like my favorite thing was like when the Garoth beast like, like the, the Scourge beast like came into view in the solar system and began like beast planeting it towards uh, the planet you guys were on mm-hmm. I gotta say, it was honestly this, the Red Ezo event that happened in the uh, in the Ket debris field <laughs> that that really kind of shone for me as a GM. Um, as a player, yeah. um, I I honestly think um, I, it, it's probably gotta be like fighting fighting dave solo <laughs> with like a, by sending like a, a a squad of dudes against against merrick that was that was one time and and having sam and you having sammy like having to pilot the shuttle away so that like the the uh the the, the taken don't like end up getting it or like getting to it we were and like you just destroyed that <laughs> Yeah, and you guys just and you just somehow surviving the onslaught of like unanointed several several chosen and and a zyklot. Bear can take many bullets. Um, yeah, it was just it was insane, and uh, and it was so fun. I also I also want to say that, like I feel I feel personally that like you guys all had really good moments like throughout the campaign like i you guys might be able to you guys might contradict me but like i feel like everyone got a good scene or multiple good scenes throughout the campaign Mm -hmm. um am i am i wrong you're not wrong oh no no i i I think that was one of the great best things about this campaign is everybody had 
a little something for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I try my best to kind of like give you guys all like a good, like either a, a session that you were kind of the focus of, or at least like have like a session where you guys were, one of you guys had a really good spotlight. Um, Even with us oh, also the beach, characters, the... I still feel like each character had stuff that happened to them. They weren't just there for no reason, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. God, and I didn't even think about the beach party you got a session yeah. you guys had. <laughs> like, fun. I'm talking about like like the Red Ezo thing, and you get, that's like not even in the Praxelon at Rift. It was like the beach party thing, and my introduction of like my my basically the 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 secret Easter egg that the Leviathan is in the in the Andromeda Galaxy mm. <laughs> of the uh, the Ledavara. Um and uh, the t- the the beachside town that like everyone's super nice and like you don't have to worry about it, bro. Totally safe here. <laughs> Everything's cool and chill. Yeah, just just sleep right next to the giant uh, vibrating uh, uh, crystal orb. It's everything's kosher it's decoration. here. Giant massage orb. I'm not gonna lie, when you first like describe that area, at first I'm like, yeah, okay. Well, there, th- this is Chris being like, okay, there's actually um safe areas where there's no hostility and no bad things happening that's cool that's good for world build no <laughs> bad things happen that's my secret you're never yeah. safe no i'm gonna you be terribly honest with you though chris i felt immediately where that was like that i'm like oh this yeah. is safe this is never a good thing yeah that's just your gamer paranoia kicking yeah. in <laughs> yeah uh, that's fucking uh, one of the first save stations in fucking dead space. Yeah, that's right true. At, as you save, the fucking necromorph comes from at your fucking feet. <laughs> yeah, I mean to be fair, you guys were completely safe in that village as long as you didn't pull out guns mm-hmm. <laughs> or threaten the villagers. If you guys had actually threatened the villagers, that's when everything would have like tilted on its heel, and suddenly you were dealing with like two or three dozen Angaran that were. Ve- like zo- like basically like vectors from red markets as they just came at you with weapons. It's fine, we would have been able to take. I mean, Mark almost did. Yeah, Mark. Mar- I was like, oh man, this is gonna get this is gonna get tense. <laughs> um, actually, I have a po- I have a question to Adam. Um, mm-hmm. how 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 uh how scared how how uh pissed off or like. <laughs> just like oh shit did you get when like uh when you saw the the giant mural of the squid and went and you started going down into the cyclopean ruins beneath the ocean i kind of like of the mindset when i play games and i mean i'll make bad decisions for interesting uh outcomes i like you've seen it when we play red markets before i'll 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 pay to play Mm -hmm. Yeah. So to speak. So I mean, I was like, "Son of a bitch!" I know where this is fucking going, but I mean, I just kind of, I you know, playing it close to the vest. If I recall right, I didn't really mention a lot. Like, oh, okay, and all that. But I mean, it's like, I mean, everything kind of freaked me out before that. It was like, it was creepy, but it was more so creepy how nice everyone oh. was, and and then Mark was there, and I stuck, <laughs> I stuck on Mark like stink on shit because I knew he was just going to go into go into murder hobo mode, and I was like, fuck, it's all going to go to hell, it's all going to hell. I'm I'm with Mark, I'm following Mark. <laughs> so Mark was actually the true horror in that scenario. <laughs> I, I do like how like part of this session this campaign did become like all right we need uh uh tommy needs needs a babysitter 
Which is kind of funny because <laughs> he was hired as a babysitter for all of us. Yeah. That was his job description. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know Aaron's not here and I'll, I'll talk to him. Uh, I, I'll probably talk to him in, in, in his audio clip about it. I do love his interaction with uh, the council. It's like, really? You stuck me with this guy? <laughs> Shit. It's like, they're being nice. They're giving him a human. Nice, simple human. Yeah. Yeah. He's complaining so much about aliens. Yeah, because he's so racist. Right. No. He's racist. He's racist. <laughs> yeah. Um, you adore the racist human. <laughs> uh, God damn it. Isn't that just a human? Wow. Like, really? <laughs> anyway. Uh, any any other uh, highlights, guys? Um, I mean, I'm also going to throw out there, Chris, you gave me an incredibly difficult decision. I did. And um, I just want to say how very close everybody was from me actually going the opposite way. Yeah, I was I gave you that for a reason, because like you chose us ex Cerberus. I I, it was right there. (laughs) Like definitely weighed on me but then i thought about it and i'm like if i do this i'm gonna have to run like i'm going to have to run either that or just say i did not like <laughs> yeah. i did not yeah you're just gonna you're literally like you're 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 gonna have to like deceive them it's like i totally didn't plant this virus don't guys. worry i would have rolled um, really well on judge intent on that Oh my god! Okay, yeah, that's. I, I'm sorry. Well, Adam, we'll get back to you in a second. Like, I because I know you were trying to say something earlier. I can't um, remember. It's good. <laughs> okay, I I loved the fact that like Dave was. It's like all right. So Mark's playing Tommy with so. Should I make Merrick, uh, uh, Mark like like Greg Sestero from uh like uh or Merrick as in Mark from uh from the room? And I was like, yeah, but you you know you need to have the himbo feet that we're just gonna homebrew yeah. here. So you get like a charisma, you get a charisma boost, but you have zero. You, I think you get like a, it was a plus four or a plus two to your charisma. You gave me that feat. Uh, a plus two to charisma. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's awesome. I, I appreciate the plus charisma, but it's actually a very beneficial stat for a character. So I wanted to take a negative to it. So I'm like, how about I always yeah. roll nat ones on sense motive? Yeah. Which is what's like, what's going on here? What What's going on? Like, uh, which is what Mark does in the room where he's just he's like... Completely oblivious to... Completely oblivious to advances from uh, from uh, Tommy's girlfriend and stuff like that. I can't remember her mm-hmm. name. Yeah. Lisa. Um, she's tearing him apart. Lisa, yeah. Right. So every time that um, I said I rolled that one, I wasn't. I probably rolled a 20. I think I did roll a 20 at one point, but I'm like, no, that's not one. <laughs> yeah. The fact that you were actually rolling too is like thank yeah. you for like you weren't just saying it's like no I, I don't I don't have to waste to, I don't have to waste a roll here because I just get in that one. Got dice for a reason. They're to be used. Fair. <laughs> that is fair. But yeah, no, I that was uh, I'm glad I was able to 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 bring that to you there, uh, Mark, <laughs> with yeah. uh, with Tommy and like yeah. the the, like, the the elusive knights and. Uh, like Chris, like I told you what my answer was beforehand. Yep, I was extremely close of going against the script. It would have been interesting because, like, 
unbeknownst to you, I also told Aaron that you had received a a message from the other ship, but Sammy wasn't able to decipher it. So he knew that you had gotten a message, but he didn't know what the context was. So he had actually so Aaron had actually been watching your character had actually been prepping the reason why Aaron's had been like prepping his uh or like uh holding off of his turn the entire time is because he was waiting for you to make a move <laughs> if you made a move he would have immediately I, I figured that. charged you <laughs> yeah no so i loved i loved this like kind of uh the the intrigue there is like will they won't they <laughs> i was really wondering what the hell he was doing with that you're not gonna help yeah right? i guess we got this no yeah you gave him death, and that thing is definitely commendable. In the beginning, first session, I can remember because I mean, the first session sticks out to me the most. Just like I mean, it's just kind of the training day thing, you know. Yeah. But um, I, I, I thought that I was going to have to kill you that day. I mean, I was like, if, there's a certain point where because you said some horrible things to me in a bar scene. I was like, well, I'm going to kill him. Like, and I just kind of like, I was waiting for that moment for you to kind of turn. Cause I mean, I'd already cut, like, if I got a hold of you, I'd broke your neck. Like, there's, there's, like I'm just saying, I would have broke yeah. your neck. That I, I, was what I was skilled for. But I mean, you went from just like in the beginning, just kind of, you just like parroted a Tommy was so to actually like pretty quickly onto it. You, you moved to, like given the character depth, and like I definitely I was, recommend you for that. I was so close this just to doing it. Like you have no idea. Like, like the last campaign we did, where he gave me a decision like that, where he's like, "You could go this way, or you can go this way." It was like Chris already knew what decision it was. It's like, yeah. do I need like, to ask yeah. this? And then Josh, he does. Do you, the, or, it's like Mark. Do you want to be a superhero or a supervillain? I'm a supervillain. <laughs> just, like, just no no hesitation just he, he started walking no, to the other yeah. side he was the first one there no 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 it was no i wouldn't even say it was like this that crest it was like do you want to be a superhero or do you no i want to go the other side <laughs> okay it was just, just like that yep so literally you gave me that decision again and i was just like oh i want to do it but then i'm sitting there and i'm like i don't want to kill tommy off but <laughs> i want tommy other... to live <laughs> But there was also the other option I was going to say. There, the other option I was going to say is I reactivated my ocular flashbang and I was just going to go, why? Get out, get out, get out of my life. And then just go and then just kill them. Wow. There was another, I did have the option where I'm like, I could just kill him. Yeah, true. But I, I think but, I, I think it will turn out for the best for, for Tommy. But for the next, oh, for the next campaign, I've, I've like when we go back to these to this character, I already have an idea in my head that what's what it's gonna happen when you go. So what has Tommy been up to this whole time? It's like, well, he was doing that other thing, but he's also working on something else too. Yeah, Chris said that God. he didn't really want us to go back to these characters again. Like they're done. Pathfinder wise, I don't want I don't want to have pathfinders in the next campaign. In the next game, I roll. Okay. But my character isn't a pathfinder. No. I, I I would say I like that intentional. Yeah, I mean, we'll 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 see when we get there. <laughs> like that's 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 a long time away mm. when we go back yeah. to Wolf when we come back to Wolfpack. But yeah. Um. But um. Honestly, uh, so I, I another thing for Adam, I gotta say, um, 
did you get to snap enough necks? No, not near. Of course, I like schedule wise and weather and all this stuff. It, it happened. Yeah. Like like big battle scenes. Like I, I missed everything, and and that's fine. I mean, it was just the way the cards fell yeah. and all that. But yeah, I I, I never did. No, you did better than D and D games I've been in, and like that's been a problem. Like everybody has like sat at these murder machines, and then you throw a couple of bad guys at like at a group trying to, you know, get get the feel for it, and then like everybody chews through them, and then like if you're at the tail end of, of the initiative order, it's like, well, fuck, I didn't row this entire session, kind of thing like that. And, you know, and that didn't happen. But like I didn't. Well, I built the entire concept <laughs> around breaking necks. So like, I I I was hoping to break necks like nonstop, like <laughs> like every encounter. Just like needs to be at least one yeah. broken. It's just like, that Steven Seagal, like uh, like when he's in the gym and he's just like tapping parts of his like his 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 uh his shoulders where like the guy's mm-hmm. gonna strike and then he just like throws them down and then like the next guy comes over he just like throws them okay. down. <laughs> You just like walk. You just walk into a room. You just snap, snap, snap. snap. <laughs> like, and, and it was cool. Like, don't don't ever like. I I got to do other stuff, and like I I felt like grenades were turned into my uh, bread and butter. Uh, yeah. Even from the very beginning, I I kind of focused on that stuff. And I mean, I was able to compensate. I just built an entire. I spent points to build an entire character around this idea, and I just like giggled, fantasizing about just breaking necks nonstop. And I did get to horrifically break some necks. Yeah. And I, I got to scar uh, Josh's character, <laughs> which is bonus points. Good and... old Leah. Poor, poor Leah. It may have been the first neck break that you did, too. It was, was right in front of this little Aquarian yep. girl, like 18, 17, 18 years old. 16. Even younger. 16 years old. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> I remember my first neck breaker. <sighs> okay. Um. Yeah, Josh. What what highlights do you have for uh, for this campaign? Honestly, it was the fucking ship, man. Fucking <laughs> Redizo and the fucking ship. Yeah. <laughs> you you jettisoning Runsca Runs uh, compartment and then having to rebuild it. <laughs> Yeah, and rolling uh, well enough that I built another uh, ejection into it without anyone noticing. Yep. And just think, now Aaron's living on that ship. It's true. It was no good. <laughs> that's either. that's true. Yeah. Like, hey, what's this do? Boop. And there goes one of the kids. No. Yeah. Well, speaking of kids, I mean, <laughs> um, uh, was uh, how how was uh, Hilo's progression of like his his love crusade his love crusade across the galaxy? <laughs> oh God, no! It wasn't exactly Captain Kirk with that. <laughs> no, but it was just I, I just it yes. was funny to me. <laughs> it's like, okay, all right. I mean, we—it's—it's it's a Mass Effect game. We had to have some rom- some some interspecies That's romance. True. That's one thing we did not have in the first one. It was like yeah. no relationship stuff. Just yeah. everyone there is for the job. I mean, there was Hilo. My name's Hello, or Hilo. There, like there was that. Uh... Hello there. My name is Hilo. Wait, wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. There was there was the start at the very end of it, but yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Um. 
yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, I also had been sitting on whether or not your uh, Leah's mom was still alive. Um, for basically, since you sent me your uh, your he sent guys he sent me a page. I did of a backstory for nice. Leah. Um, that was very well done, and I was like, okay, you know, I I know exactly how I'm gonna how I'm gonna uh, how I'm gonna do this. And then when the the red Ezo stuff came in, and like you guys were kind of like in the fade. Or like in those dreamscapes, I was like, "Oh, I know exactly how I'm gonna fuck with uh, with uh, with Leah now." <laughs> so, thank you, <laughs> uh, Josh, for letting me torment your characters. Oh God! Uh, During the entirety of this campaign, I've gone through like six of the Assassin's Creed games. Oh my God! I'm on Valhalla. Yep. Um. I was on three when we were doing that. Yeah, it w- it did last a long time because we had. Because like, I remember being in like yeah. one of the starting areas hunting cougars. God. Oh. Yeah, it was. Cougars. We we did. Uh, it's also one uh, episode week, so you can burn through a lot of a game in one week. Yeah. Well, that also, yeah. and we did have some session, uh, some some weeks where we had to like take breaks between, like for like se- several weeks. So. Mm-hmm. Particularly in the summer, it kind of got a little hectic, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, there's just oh, also, there is uh, um, uh, Scott <laughs> Scott, What's the, name the little again? uh, it's X C O T T, and then <laughs> honestly, I just loved I liked the Zyklots because again, they were kind of like they were kind of based off of a Lovecraftian monster species that was tied to the insects of Shigai, but like I kind of mixed up two two aliens uh, from the mythos, and so I kind of just came up with like the Zyklot as a result. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, they were basically like um, since the, the Zan were kind of like the Guawuld anyway from like Stargate, and I was a huge fan of, SD, of, of uh, Stargate SG-1, they were basically the um, the big brutish aliens that are in that you that occasionally pop up in in Stargate SG One that were like a, the original servitor race to the to the uh, to the Guo mm-hmm. uh, before they found humans. So um, I kind of I kind of leaned into that a little bit with the with their relationship to the Zan was like they were like they were the species that the Zan took over first, and so that's why like they're they're they had like dominion over them, and then kind of had a uh, a resistance relationship uh, with them with the Zan like the Angara does or the Angara do with the Ket where like there was a a resistance or like the 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 bastions of free Zyklot that you guys got to uh, encounter and deal with and I got to bring in a another warlike uh Krogan species <laughs> into the galaxy so fun yes that was very they designed fun. themselves by the way really interesting too. I like <laughs> it it's not just a, a standard bipedal kind of race, you know. It's a straight up alien, so yeah. why not do something weird with it? Yeah, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, they are, and Adam will will know what I'm talking about here. They are technically model. They are like if I pull them out of this of the Mass Effect game and use them for my own design, they are straight up cognivores. <laughs> um, 
they're uh they're like a monster i came up with for some games that i was running with uh the rpx crew mm-hmm. uh and i think it, i this one that one was called like the uh the andromedan um uh crystal porcupine mm-hmm. <laughs> so remember that um just because like i i just like the the alien the the weird pale fleshed aliens with like crystal protrusions for quills and stuff Again, kind of, I guess, also kind of inspired if, in a way from the uh, from Shadow Raiders and Warp or, or War Planets, because the the people of Planet Rock, uh, all their hair is just crystals, are just like crystal nodules on their heads. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But, uh, um, yeah. Uh, what what else, guys? <laughs> I mean. I mean, to, I, honestly, I'd like to. My last contribution to this is just kind of wanting to, uh, you know, I just. I mean, we don't have to elaborate on any, any of these incidents because we played twenty sessions or something. I can't. How many did we play, Chris? Let me take a look at the list. <laughs> Let me consult the document. Uh, we played twenty-one sessions. 21 sessions. So, yeah, if we did a post-mortem where we broke down everything, just moments that really stick out, even if I wasn't particularly involved in them. I mean, the alien creatures on the first world we went to and that whole deal with the servitors. And then I enjoyed that. Uh, You know, I I don't think I've said enough about Chris on this. I I enjoyed, like I said, the, the, the Halo Dive was like my introduction to Chris. And <laughs> That's a good introduction. For sure. <laughs> what an int- yeah, that, what an introduction, Jesus. And and he's he's just such an upbeat dude anyway. And just uh, just what he brought to the table, just it it was fun, and that that was great. And I I got to you know join in on his little triumphs and whatnot. And then he was very you know very easy with the whole I've been maimed kind of thing. Right. You're uh, totally down for us just chopping your arm off. <laughs> I mean, hey, hey, I am down for anything. And it, you know, those are those moments were great. Um, going through the uh, ravaged um, fleet, trying to uh, you know figure out what happened to them, but prior to Crystal was uh, that was real fun. I enjoyed it. Um, the little subtle things that. Chris did with, uh, like, uh, you know, J- Josh's Hilo Salvage group, and then oh, you've lost communication with them. Okay, oh, bye, kind of thing like that. Just like just the little devlings and stuff like that that the GM would drop in occasionally it was great. Merrick playing volleyball, <laughs> uh, yeah. and then Dave's fan, uh, Dave's art that he created for that, which like that was just so great and. <laughs> You may have yeah. had more fun making in... the art than playing the character, <laughs> but that, that's probably not the case because <laughs> I did have a lot of fun playing. No, I think it's it's all part of the character. Yeah, like doing the art process. Th- they're they're hand in hand with each other. The art made playing the character more fun, and playing the character was made more fun by the art, or vice versa. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The art yeah. Made yeah. playing the character more fun. Yeah. And then I think finally, just like the story that Chris crafted josh i'm leaving out all of her petty, our petty bicker and like they were great don't get me wrong i don't want to i i i love you most of all uh scarecrow but uh that's when wizard of oz is real old movie um <laughs> <laughs> and the final deep cut or the final cut 
You're talking but, like this uh, episode's over. Like, <laughs> that's yeah. true. Yeah. That's true. Well, I, I can't think of like much more to say that, but I love just, uh, I had that family story and you, you gave me a very rewarding end for that. Uh, I got to explore, uh, you know, tra- like not transhumanity, but you know, just like what is, uh, what is you kind of deal like that? Are you the meat shield that you're piloting around? Or are you the collection of your thoughts and experiences as we kind of explored that? aspect of it um and me being a, a father loves this the the idea of um you know the, he's the, my character was given a, a different lease on life and was able to um like see more of his little girl like or in you know it was we didn't you know give my final ending or anything like that but it, it seemed really upbeat and positive and just that whole thing was great so yeah I, it was fun, man. I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, I'm glad. Uh, I'm also, I'm sorry, but not sorry about the Zan manipulating you when, it, like, when you decide to voluntarily, <laughs> in, like, have it possess you. Well, I knew I was. Uh, yeah, I mean, I. And, I, I go yeah, ahead. And, and then having the grown-up version of of your daughter attempt to pull you farther into the delusion. I know I've mentioned this prior to you guys and, you know, edit this out if it's too personal and stuff like that. But when I was, I had health problems and I was um, looking at uh, what, what if they can't take care of the, the, you know, I had cancer and like, well, well, what if the worst case scenario of stuff happens and things like that? I honestly went through thoughts of like, my children are going to know who I am and I'm not going to ever get to know like the people that my children will become. So I, I, you know, I, I added a very personal kind of aspect of my experiences. Like, thank God I'm, I'm in good shape now. But, um, you know, I added, I brought that to the table and just, you know, I don't, I did, you know, the manipulation wasn't, wasn't bad. I mean, I knew, again, I, I'll, I'll pay to play kind of thing like that. You didn't cross any boundaries or anything okay. of, yeah. of, of that nature there. And it, it was... You know, it's, um, I, I like the, you see it in other for, in other media and movies and books like that where somebody's kind of lulled into this uh, false existence that's easy and they get everything they want, kind of things like that. And I like how you kind of use that trope. That was, I, it was well done. I gotta, I wonder if I came up with that or if I did that before or after I played Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Because that is actually now that I think about it, that is actually one of the that is the most recent thing that I've experienced where that in 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 media that that has played a big role, like that kind of scene. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, I I can't, because I love that game. Like I played through it twice. I'll say this: um, I remember um, seeing aspects of that from the game, and um, thinking that it's sort of similar when we were on um, the beach party situation. Okay, so I believe cool. it was after you played. Yeah. And and honestly, like I was also just kind of playing because the Zan are like stat wise, they're I, I basically just pulled the the insects from Shagai um stats from the Call of Cthulhu D20 book and like tweaked them a bit. The 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 insects from Shagai, they get in your head, like they can phase through your into your into your brain and nervous system, and they start off by basically 
giving you delusions or like giving you weird dreams and stuff. And then when that doesn't work, they pull out the nerve whip and start like attacking you, like attacking your nervous system until you submit. So, um, a part of that was really just them, like, like how, how they operate, um, to control their, their, their vessels. But yeah, I I was kind of playing a little bit of a gamble because I was like, I wasn't sure, like I, I'm, I've been friends with you for a long time or for like a, a fairly decent time. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've like got to know you and I was just like, I'm pretty sure this is going to be okay (laughs) to do. Yeah. Yeah. I I appreciate the concern, but yeah, it was, everything was perfect and it added to the experience. Yeah. And it also gave Josh's Leah, uh, uh, some catharsis uh, after this, after that scene and stuff, when she got to biotically punch you in the (laughs) face (laughs) for traumatizing her. Fucking people's elbow. Yeah. I mean, you guys could have just <laughs> a biotic people's elbow. Or was she scared of getting her neck broken? She, she might have been scared of getting her neck broken. Yeah. Because yeah. Leah ran the fuck out of there, mm-hmm. remember? Oh, yeah. Did she do the people's elbow and then run? No, uh, on the planet's surface before this. Oh, yes. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, I did materialize like out of nowhere and next year. She fucking ran. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This this was this this session, this campaign was a good time. Like, despite the, despite the the system being so crunchy, and despite my my own kind of like burnout at the end, I still like uh, I have no regrets about running this campaign. <laughs> Maybe that's just the the uh, the nostalgia talking, but yeah, <laughs> it was a lot of good times. Honestly, uh, it was great. We bitch about the crunchiness and all that but crunch is good sometimes because it it you have stuff specifically set up because you have to so you know what you have you know what you don't have so there's less pulling stuff out of your ass for no reason so in that way that sort of stuff makes it more uh, immersive and all that but again it adds to the crunch you have to look up shit all the time which is annoying yeah Especially when we're like running games that are like like different games like every couple of campaigns. Mm-hmm. But again, I I don't regret doing that because I like to I like to try new things. Yeah. So but yeah, no, this was a, a ton of fun, and I'm glad that you guys all enjoyed it and allowed me to to run this this silly sci-fi game uh, based on my favorite sci-fi video game series, mm-hmm. <laughs> if not Thanks favorite sci-fi series now, honestly, just in general, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. I think honestly, Mass Effect might be one of my favorite like sci-fi, um, like products or like franchises or fictional worlds, even. Um, just because there's so many memories. Uh, like again, me and Adam had a like ran or like ta- did a talkie on on RPX about why how we love uh, Mass Effect so much, yeah, and like our different like kind of, um like our experiences like in with with the original trilogy and then getting into andromeda and stuff um yeah no i'm glad we were able to like build this like fun actiony uh proto sequel to andromeda that they the the cowards at bioware will never <laughs> give us <laughs> i say i say now in this in the year 2023 I'm sure like and watch like when this gets released like I'm saying this now as 
a trailer gets a launch for the next Mass Effect game. That is going to be an Andromeda. <laughs> I don't know, man. It seems like they're kind you of just have to run another game. Oh, you know what's something we didn't actually bring up that we should have? Um, Sons of Blasto. Oh yeah, the the Wushu game I inserted uh, in the middle of the game when you guys like, well, you guys have like a month between the clusters, like of just travel time. I'm just going to insert a. I'm going to pull an RPPR and a and a drunk in the ugly, and I'm going to throw a rules light system session, like like standalone session in the middle of the campaign, yeah, <laughs> but in a good way. <laughs> like I mean, yeah, I, I don't mean like, um, probably my favorite one that we did. <laughs> I, I don't mean that um, inserting it into the game was weird. Wushu itself as a system is weird. Yeah, well, yeah, it's 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 supposed to be like super rules light, like just the more you describe an action scene, the more dice you get to roll and stuff like that. Like it's it's supposed to be just like for like really like kind of beer. It, it is like I think one of the the penultimate like beer and pretzel. Like you're all fans of action movies. Let's make an action movie in a in a yeah. session. Really um, got me thinking about everything differently, like my choices, and because I have to sort up elaborate on everything that i'm doing a lot more but it yeah. made me realize that i kind of should be talking like that regardless like um describing all my things in a lot more detail not that i actually followed that through by describing things in better detail from that point forward but in hindsight i probably should yeah I mean, yeah and i, I think that's a, that's a good thing to like go by because like yeah like what is role-playing game but like you playing a yeah, role it's not just rolling and the dice explain and like, numbers around exactly and also like being able like how like you have to like kind of communicate like you're you're also telling a story collaboratively with the rest of the people around you so like adding extra details to a scene just kind of yeah. helps that but yeah no that was uh that was a fun game to just like be it's like all right it's movie night on the on the wolf pack so while well well Leah's watching Hannah Hannah Montana, <laughs> the rest of you are watching Sons of Blasto. <laughs> One day we should actually I should find a system that's like uh a rules light like musical system and just run Hannah uh, Montana. Montana. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> Uh, this is I'm Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite vid on the Citadel. I mean, your game you need to run is to place a thing where a bunch of alien civilizations take the works of William Shakespeare and try to recreate them from the from the producer of Elcor Hamlet <laughs> comes Volus Macbeth. <laughs> or, Did they call it that? Is it like freaking um, like? Star yeah, Wars it's Elcor like Macbeth, that? or it's it's Elcor Hamlet. It's it's literally called Elcor wow. Hamlet. Yeah, or from from the producers of Elcor Hamlet comes Vorcha, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, the the dogs of Ma Montague move me. Yeah. Curse <laughs> on your houses! They've made worms meet up me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I also do like I, I I gotta say Adam I like I do love that you like you stuck with like the the Kentucky accent that you were born yeah. with, yeah. but also for the Vorcha, which is great because he's like this like 
southern gentleman from uh, Vorcha, <laughs> like because he was raised on Thessia. Mm. I like that you wrote it in your backstory. Uh, just fuck you. But then when you when yeah, but then when you'd like get angry or you'd freak out, you'd occasionally like yeah, <laughs> yeah, we did get a couple of nyas. Yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't want to get too far above my racing. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, for for Sons of Blasto, I am so ha- thankful that I got to do. Yeah, see, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was the, <laughs> the Vorcha crime boss of the shadow the, the shadow yeah. broker. Ah, <laughs> uh, God, good times <laughs> indeed. Um, does anybody else have anything to to bring up before we bring this to a close? Did we lose? Um, okay, I was gonna say, did we lose Chris? He's been awful. Quiet. No, Forget no, no, no. I think I did a lot of speaking at the beginning. I just didn't want to keep. I didn't want to keep interfering. <laughs> the thing is, is my thing with Chris that I think it was really funny was every time he showed up, he just kept losing pieces of himself. <laughs> it's kind of true. Yeah, a little bit, and and most <laughs> of it was from your hands, from <laughs> Tommy's hands. <laughs> Yeah. Well, in the other thing too, that uh, yeah, that's that was one that was kind of funny that I also noticed too. It was just kind of like, oh shit, I he he did all these things that he, but he did. I didn't take his eye. How did you lose your? For what eye I remember, uh, Chris. I think he just entered into combat hmm. and then he just rolled really bad. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, you got stabbed. You you got stabbed by one of the the, the crystalline bayonets on the on the Zyklot plasma spear. Got, uh, the guy that attacked him with a crit or something. Yeah, yeah. And then I started rolling really good later on when I started splattering guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you were scary. Yeah, he just ran up the map and just started like just splattering things. But the other thing too that I thought also that was really funny was it was like that last guy. It was like I finally got to him and then. I hit him, and it was like, take that too. And then he's like, but you rolled really good and blew his head off. Yeah. It was like, it was like almost like a combo breaker. Yeah. But, that was um, pretty good. Yep. The other part I have to say was the, uh, when I was using some of my abilities, and then you're just like, wait a minute, that goes through yeah, things. Yeah, I gotta say that. And then I just hear Dave. I gotta say, you really did not learn that your attack goes through and it keeps hitting things behind it because out of everyone, you had to have done the most accidental friendly fire damage for sure. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. So a hundred percent that I did, but it was just funny you know, how it kind of mirrored the other character because it was like, it was almost like I was kind of doing it intentionally. <laughs> the last one, but this one was completely yeah. unintentionally. So you'd be like, Mark, watch like friendly fire and i'm just like dave this is a different character i'm not meaning to do this but like it's not there me, was it's the, the one dice. where I was, it's Sorry. the dice but i was using the shotgun and then you're just like wait a minute the bullets will hit people so then it's like i'm like damn it i can't use it yeah i also gotta give you credit mark like tactically like you were giving a lot of you, you especially in like some of the later like combats and stuff you were providing a lot of support like in terms of like tactical advantages like you were you were scanning like you were doing tactical scans on people to give people bonuses and those people like penalties against against your your fellow crew members so like 
I thought that was like really yeah. like you you didn't play like a super like offensive uh, combat monster. Like you were more of like kind of a support ranger. <laughs> well, I played. I think I kind of just played the character that, like as the way they're supposed to be intended. It's supposed to be like a risk reward type thing, mm-hmm. but I really weigh, weighed the risks and I'm like, okay, I'll wait till they soften up and then that's when I'll go in. So it was like a support role and then kind of taking the shot when I can. Yeah. It's just the problem is by the time you got went to take your, uh, by the time they softened up, they were dead because they were, they were mush. That's yeah. why they were softened. <laughs> Uh, but it's it's almost like um like you're beating the dead horse except chris has already not only beat the dead horse he's already turned it into glue as well and it's just like take that yeah (laughs) insult Uh, to injury is kind of a croaking thing yeah yeah (laughs) yeah oh god (laughs) All right, so anything else before we, we come to a close? <laughs> Speak now. I think I got everything, I think. Okay. Well, I think um, the only other thing I can think of uh, is I didn't really get to um, make as much shit as I wanted to, <laughs> to be honest. Like, when I'm... Oh, sorry. Funny. When I made my character as, like, he's a guy that can make whatever the fuck you want. Like I'll literally design whatever the hell you need. If it's not in the book and had that as an option. And Aaron took that and that was fun making his weapon, but kind of wish more people jumped on that bandwagon, but I, I'm not going to force people Dave, to I, do something that I want, you know? So here, here's the thing, Dave, this has happened twice now in yes. two campaigns. I think you need to vocalize your intent more. Wait, what, what happened previously? Cause in Shatter in 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 the Rex Surge campaign, like poor little uh, true. little little Karen was going insane, and no one was fr- was helping her, was being friends and helping her, uh, and so that's why you went villain at the end because you had this like whole backstory that had been just like kind of building up in your head. <laughs> um, but like, I think you should have like maybe like out of game told us like 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 that this is happening and like maybe you wanted to have some like scenes like if, if you had an interest in like uh some characters like or see if there's any interest in other characters like actually interacting with that maybe that would have would have come up or like in this game in this case uh with like merrick uh being uh a tinkerer i think maybe you should have advertised that a little bit well, more I vocally did, like <laughs> during the game well okay well in regards to um karen and everything we're like okay this we're gonna do shadow run yeah. here and we're going to have everything available to you guys if you want it from the books. But how we're going to do that, we're not sure. I'm like, okay, well, I'll just make it so my superpower is I have all this weird knowledge that I can make whatever the hell I want. So there you go, guys. If you need anything from the books, Karen will make it. Great. No one did. That's fine. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. that's just how that worked. And then um, with Merrick, like, I still used his... Um, technical ability because between him and Hilo, they were the ones that were making shit work or figuring out how shit works. So I didn't Yeah, I'd like to point out you guys you guys also both created the uh the orbital exactly, ret cannon. Yeah. Like I'm not saying that I didn't yeah. get to do any of that shit. I'm I'm fine with 
You just wish you had done yeah, more. <laughs> but again, I'm not going to force people to do stuff. And part of that is also like, okay, I care way more about like modding and, sh- and stuff like that than most people do. Yeah, so I think true. that's really what it is. It's just my own um, likes and dislikes about that sort of thing. I'm more of a gear fondler than most people, I guess, in regards to um, like weapons and gear and mods and doing all the weird shit to your weapons. I think that's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I, I definitely get you, man. Like, it's just like, yeah, like, I think some of that needs to, like, maybe, maybe, uh, like, we'll have to, maybe for the next campaign or whatever we do, if you want to do that again. <laughs> or it's like, I no, we're done. Times in a row. <laughs> like, I swear. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Denying three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Deny me once, shame on me. Deny me twice, shame on you. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah. Um, so if that's it, <laughs> um, then I, I suppose this is uh, this will be the uh, we'll bring this to an end. The uh, the post mortem for Wolfpack season two. Um, and. Uh, Adam, where can people find you? Where, 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 where is RPX? What is RPX? Uh, RPX is our little hole on the side of this side of the internet. Here, uh, we're an actual play podcast. Occasionally, do talky episodes where we discuss you know, tabletop related stuff and Mass Effect, as previously stated. And you can find us at uh, RealPointExchange.com. Just paid for that website, so like, I'll be up for at least another year. And um, we can also find us on Twitter. I'm more active on it than I am Facebook because I just realized I haven't updated it in two weeks. But uh, we're on Twitter at RPX Exchange. I can't even speak. Let me say it again. We're on Twitter at RPX Exchange. And uh, yeah, so come on over. Uh, Chris has ra- played in quite a few games. We're actually just finishing up. So by the time you listen to this, it, it will be up for a long time. Yeah. His, uh, Monster of the Week uh, campaign, the Uncles of Penny Dreadmill, which uh, another epic one. It was 21 or 22 episodes. I begin to see a pattern here. And uh, yeah, possibly even our Red Markets campaign, T minus dot dot dot. And uh, yeah, so if you want to hear Chris as a player and if you want to hear more of me and the rest of uh, my. Ch- Friends, I almost called them chuckle fucks. Then uh, come on over. I okay. See, you said you, you went chuckle. Fucks. I was like children. Yeah, <laughs> me and the rest of my children. <laughs> I'm like Raven. It's my flock. That's no WCW reference. I'm sorry. Wow, awesome. Hell Dave yeah. might get that. I was gonna say Dave might get that. <laughs> yeah, I get it too. The even yeah, yeah you, you're among friends here, Adam. Oh, is this a safe space? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. This, is a, this is a WWE safe space. <laughs> Dave, do you have to explain to him that we recreated that completely in the WWF game? Yeah, the game? one WWF game that we played that we played the shitload of where you can do like completely custom, including like your own. Like you put a. It was on the original Xbox where you can install music onto the Xbox and have that play in, in, in games and shit. So we made characters yeah. that we wish that they put in the game. Raven being one of them. Like Kidman. Yeah. I had Billy Kidman. I think you had... I had Raven. There was another there? guy that no one cares you, you about. Made... 
Either way, it's okay. You made all of them. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll talk more about this because I think me and Adam have something yeah. to share with you guys uh, about re- about a wrestling tabletop RPG okay. after this uh, mm-hmm. recording. <laughs> but um, are we doing one? Maybe we'll see. We can. Uh, oh, thank God. A- anyway, yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, that was that's RPX. <laughs> so yeah, that will be. Um, Wolfpack Season 2 Postmortem brought to you by When Less Die in partnership with RPX. <laughs> wow, sounds so official. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, guys, this has been fun. And uh, uh, thank you for the memories. Uh, so until next time, I'll be seeing you. Good night, Hi, Internet. Man. See y'all later. <laughs>